Hello everyone, welcome to Struggle Session. I am your host, Master of the Mystic Arts, Leslie Lee III. I am joined by my co-host, the West Coast Avenger, Jack Allison. How's it going? Hello there. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Also, we have some special guests with us tonight. The Southern Shaman, Aaron Thorpe from (laughs) Trillbillies. What's up, man? What's up, y'all? Thanks for having me back. And of course, New York Sorceress Supreme, Ilana Levin. Thank you so much for returning <laughs> to Struggle Session. Oh, always. Thank you. I love it. We are talking Doctor Strange. Now, one brief caveat. I'm the only person on the panel, from what I understand, that's actually seen the new Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange in the uh, it was the multiverse of madness is in the, the multiverse of, of madness in the multiverse right. of madness in the mouth yeah. of madness yes <laughs> well i'm the only one who has seen it why did none of you all of you were repulsed even by the idea of seeing it when i mentioned this you know i'm in the amc a list and so my friend did book me a ticket to see it on sunday so i'm really on the fence though because you know i think i will go at least to see the avatar trailer in 3d but i'm on the fence as to whether i'll actually stay to watch uh the doctor strange movie <laughs> afterwards so it's gonna be like a decision i make on sunday but yeah did not make it out to see this just yet yeah, yeah and i mean like who am I kidding? Because like I love superheroes, so I'm probably gonna end up seeing this. I might even see it like before, probably definitely before it comes out to Disney Plus. But uh, mm. I just we were kind of talking about it. I just don't find Doctor Strange to be an interesting character, you know? Yeah, you know, I don't think he has really good like a good cast of supporting characters either. So oh, you mean like... the extremely orientalist <laughs> characters that they had to literally, folks, literally they had to affirmative action make Wong the Sorcerer Supreme in this one to cover up the racist depictions of the character, which we have in the comics that we read uh, today, the small selection of Doctor yes. Strange comics, which I have yeah. to say, folks, I really struggled. These are the best <laughs> ones I could find. I read through a hmm. bunch to find some really good ones. Now, there's some with more, in- maybe have more interesting art, but I wanted to get something that had a bit of a tie-in to the movie and was kind of the modern conception story of the character. And as you said, Doctor Strange is not a character. He is a plot device whenever yeah. like you need the story moved along or some something retconned in the comic books. And it didn't start with the movies. This actually is in the comic. So I'll, I'll try to describe briefly, if you don't don't mind the movie Go ahead. Uh, to let people know what they're getting into. And I w- want to say, first of all, if you're a Sam Raimi fan, if you're a Sam Raimi super fan, stay home and watch that Evil Dead show that you have watched <laughs> because I, I have to say this now there is a lot of Raimi stuff in here towards the second half of the film you see the shots you see the monster you see the gooey stuff but it's all the PG-13 version of mm. it and you have to get through 
probably the most dense like hour of MCU like lore that has ever been filmed. Like people were talking about how to watch the Northmen, you needed a degree in Norse mythology to understand the first hour of Doctor Strange. You need a degree in Disney Plus. Like, I mean, you need twenty years. You need twenty years, right, to essentially watch like that entire universe Mm. to understand like these films now. Yeah, yeah. I've heard good things about the same Raimi TV show. That sounds like a better endorsement. Yeah, it's a much better idea. There, Raimi does he does get to do some of his shit, but it's also shit that we have seen before. It is these same mm. shots from Evil Dead? Is Bruce Campbell doing the same bit from Evil Dead too? <laughs> like it, I went in like to this film with like still having some respect for Sam Raimi, but it's like even after all these years, like he hasn't come up with shit new. Like why are you? taking on these big budget projects for Disney and you haven't like developed anything else to show us other than what you showed us when you were in your 20s. Do you think Disney uh, or Marvel picked him because like, or maybe he worked for this because it's easy for him to kind of fall into that formulaic mold of like these MCU films, you know, because I haven't seen it either. But like I heard like a synopsis from it. And I mean, it sounds like every Marvel film that has come out before, you know. Yeah, it's actually stranger than that because the first thir- the first half of the movie it starts off in the third act of the film basically. You are in the middle of the third act where you have a character named America Chavez who has this mystical power and everybody's chasing her. Who is America Chavez? You will have no fucking idea unless you have read comic <laughs> the comic books. It's uh, either bef- you don't learn who she is during the film or you don't know who oh, she boy. is when you leave the film. America Chavez in the comics is a like queer Latina and she's not a teenager. She's like 21 or so. And she has a lot of agency and she doesn't take shit from people. And I just don't think that a character like that would put up with Dr. Strange. Um, (laughs) And it's a lot easier for Marvel to like infantilize a queer woman in a movie where they don't have to show her like going off, having romantic escapades than it is to actually really have the character, you know? I'm happy for the young actress who got cast in this role and, and you know, maybe there'll be some cool stuff for her, but this is this is just take, Tim, them taking the easy way out on a character who's like really great and in a lot of good comics that I basically, her in Young Avengers in the Young Avengers series is really excellent. And I recommend folks check that out. Yeah, the movie opens with her being in this baffling sequence, which just looks like Guardians of the Galaxy, where she's being chased through the mystical dimension with the somewhat bad alternate version of Doctor Strange, who betrays her and tries to steal her power. Whenever she uh, gets threatened, she travels to a different universe. It's basically the same power that Siri has in The Witcher, but it's all mm. explained in like five minutes at the beginning of the movie. And when she is the first place she ends up going to in the film where she's being chased by this evil demon monster that's coming after her trying to steal her power is the marvel 616 universe on accident she goes to the regular mcu by complete mistake and she ends up about a block away from the (laughs) wedding of dr strange's ex-girlfriend and that is how they meet in this movie. It's just, I think everybody knows Scarlet Witch is the villain of this movie. The way we learn this is because Doctor Strange is wondering why America is being chased by these demons. And so he goes to someone who knows witchcraft, who is Scarlet Witch, who is the person sending the demons after her. Scarlet Witch, is this supposed to be, see, this is another thing where 
if not only the movies, but if you haven't watched the shows, oh, on you Disney have no Plus, right? fucking idea. She's <laughs> yeah, like, so, she, she's uh, like, the last time you saw her, she's like sad because Vision died, and here and in this movie, you're just supposed to accept that she's like insane, like just a complete. Yeah, insane. after she's like enslaved the town, basically, like she's okay. But you don't right. know what she enslaved the town. She just mentions the town's name, and you're supposed to like know it. And she's completely obsessed with like she wants to travel the multiverse and kidnap and do all this shit and still all this you know mystical pop ancient power just so she can have her two kids that she made up and oh my god there's this goofy conceit where the multiverse in the mcu and this is official now every time you dream that is actually the multiverse happening so if you are dreaming of falling and dying and they say this that is your variant or something yeah, your variant. That's dying. genius. <laughs> That's like genius meta text. They're like, this is like their science way for making the audience be personal, even more personally invested yeah. in this belief in this alternative universe. Like, I can't yeah. decide if I'm impressed or disgusted. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of both. But once you get past all that, you get some kind of cool monster stuff. But I do have to say, the Illuminati stuff with the um, office gym. As Mr. Oh Fantastic. God, Jesus All Christ. That yeah, stuff. I, I heard about that. That's shocking. Yeah. That got a shock. Who, who, wait, who is it? John Krasinski, Office Jim, you know, Jim Halpert oh. making faces to camera is uh, is mm-hmm. Mr. Fantastic so in this. A, a lot of the movie I takes place see. in the Baxter building. It's like a backdoor pilot for Fantastic Four, but it is so boring and uninteresting. And like uh, Wanda is easily able to kill them off in a scene that Marvel fans are calling super gory, but it's really PG-13 and quick. And so none of those characters, like you see Professor X, you see Black Bolt, but it, like it doesn't have any larger implication. None of that mm. matters right. by the end and then sam raimi just kind of starts making his own movie that has nothing to do with wow, this know? sounds like this sounds brutal to be honest with you i think i may not go i may not uh, stay on <laughs> Look, sunday if i can spare someone going i would i again i do have to say if you're a Ram, raimi super duper fan you may want to see the last half if you want to see some of the, the same if you want to see a medley of the greatest hits in like halloween costumes then maybe uh, in children's Halloween's costumes, uh, then maybe you might want to go see Doctor Strange. You, you know what I was thinking? I was talking to a friend yesterday, and um, with the whole multiverse thing that Marvel's doing now, and DC is going to be doing with the Flash. It's <sighs> like that when you were like reading comics, that was like a rare occurrence. You know, like these multiverse crossovers. I mean, they weren't so rare, but they didn't happen frequently all the time, right? They were mostly self-contained stories within the universe that the stories took place in. So it was something to look forward to, you know. When you there's like an alternate mm. universe flash or something. But now right. because of all of the Marvel, like the MCU lore, you know, the twenty years of movies and the shows and stuff, it's like it's just kind of I don't know, it's it, it it would be cool if it would be a way for them to pay homage to some of these other versions of characters that people like, but it just feels really messy and just sort of like an an easy way to hook people in, you know? Like a nostalgia, way to build nostalgia too, I guess. The point of the multiverse used to be you could have a comic where Batman's a pirate and a comic where the Batman's a vampire. The point wasn't that vampire Batman and pirate Batman would go on a multiverse adventure and fight like lasers or something like that. It was (laughs) the point was that you could have these different interpretations of these. And they don't have to be canon, really. mythological characters that i think dc has and marvel kind of really doesn't have their origin stories and their characters don't have that same mythic quality so i feel like their attempts at the multiverse feel very it's the difference between elseworlds and what if absolutely yes yes 
that that 100%. I think that's a good distinction. I mean, the thing is, like with DC, like the uh, uh, you know prior to the Elseworlds thing, the point of them having a multiverse is they didn't want to have to discontinue anybody's favorite iteration mm-hmm. of the main Justice League characters. They wanted to have the JL the JSA, the Golden Age heroes coexisting with the updated at the time updated Silver Age versions of the heroes. And then they decided that was all just too confusing. And and they'd have crossovers, and those crossovers, yeah, like you said, Aaron, would be really exciting to people that would be like a noteworthy moment um and then they're like you know what let's merge it all into one and then at every opportunity ever since then they've actually gone back to recomplicating it but i think that like the way dc handles it is so different from the way marvel has handled it continuously and like you know marvel similarly within the comics you know it goes through cycles of like condensing down the alternate realities they just uh, several a few years ago they just ended and mushed their multiverses together for the purposes of getting miles morales out of the uh, Bendis verse, let's call it that, because that's really what it was, <laughs> and into the the main Marvel universe. And you know, as someone who wants to see Miles Morales continue existing, I'm like, sure, but you know, I and there were some fun comics and in alternate realities that came out of that. But it, I, it feels like this is the this is a decision to really rely on this tactic, and it does kind of stem from wanting to be able to. No, tell everybody that the version of something they like is le- is legitimate and, and like it's not a terrible instinct i feel like i wouldn't be as critical of it if it wasn't coming from like mega corporation do you know what i mean exactly it feels it feels very cynical you know because it's not like you actually respect like the fans right you understand that like by mining your own like intellectual property and like kind of pulling out all of these like you know uh like once in a moment sort of stories that people remember or don't remember right you can like kind of just keep churning out these movies right and keep churning out these like like rehash stories instead of coming up with something new i guess you know you know like i i like the way the multiple lokis worked in the loki tv show that doesn't mean that's what i want in every single <laughs> yeah thing every single market engage thing, exactly. with yeah. and like with the loki one they were saying something very specific about identity and versions of yourself and I think that's a really good story for Loki, but that doesn't mean that we want that in every single other Marvel story. I mean, to be clear, I haven't seen the Spider-Man movie, but I suspect the Spider-Man movie goes into that a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. I just saw that the other day, actually. That's that's another one. Ugh, yeah. That's like the corporate merger multiverse. That's not even like the same <laughs> character. Yeah, it, right. it's a significant right, difference. Right, right. Now, like the multiverse in the MCU doesn't even work the same way. Uh, now because all the Doctor Stranges look like Benedict Cumberbatch in this one but in the Spider-Man multiverse when they all look like they're different yes in the multiverse we sort of see like different versions of characters that are very specifically different and those Spider-Mans are kind of all just like Spider-Man like one makes like a little bit more jokes you know it's just different (laughs) actors mostly uh, uh, than anything else Um, but you know and also you know I think you know as as we're talking about all this I I think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has started to lean really bizarrely on Doctor Strange I swear to God Mm. like every Marvel I've seen you know and Doctor Strange is a character who I my eyes always kind of glossed o- uh, glazed over every time he showed up in the comics, and now he's like in ev- you go see a Thor, and you're like, why are we in Doctor Strange's house? <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. we're yeah. always yeah. going to the fucking Sanctum Sanctorum in every movie. Like it's yeah. wild. So let's talk a little bit about who or what Doctor Strange is as we get into our comic selections, which were Doctor Strange number sixty two, Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, a uh, uh, Doctor Doom. 
Triumph and Torment from 1989, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme 14 through 18, and the Book of Vishanti backup story that you can find in uh, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme 9 through 13 and 15. I do want to mention briefly, in the comics, the Book of Vishanti is the book that you're reading that's telling you the story of all this lore about the Dark Hold, which is this book of pure evil. It's basically the Necronomicon, right? Sure. And that features in the movie. Mm -hmm. They managed to destroy... They destroyed the Necronomicon by stabbing it with a knife about halfway through. Okay. On some Harry Potter shit. Yeah, but that's not the funny part, actually. I swear to God, this is... I don't understand how a writer could put this in a script that people would see and and try to get away with this. But the Book of Vishanti in the movie, explicitly, they say that its power is that it can give a good guy any spell he needs to defeat the bad guy that is literally basically word for word i think they don't don't say bad guy they say a good maybe a good person uh to defeat evil but that is literally a deus ex machina book and i'm wondering sitting watching this movie why the fuck didn't he grab this during the uh, Infinity War? Since it's like already <laughs> yeah. exists and he knows all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lazy shit, lazy shit. But I digress. Let's get back into who Doctor Strange the character is. Because we've read all these comics. I've watched all these movies. And from what I can tell, I'm supposed to c- care about Doctor Strange. Because his pathos is that he used to be kind of a dick. Yeah, like kind of a mean doctor. <laughs> he I was guess, kind I of so. a Like not even house level. He's not even as mean as house initially. <laughs> He's just a little bit arrogant, an arrogant doctor, my God. And he loses his ability to be a surgeon. Uh, he loses his res- residency. And then he's given access in short order to all the uh, answers, uh, all the mystic arts and the secrets of the cosmos. Why am I supposed to feel sorry for this character? Yeah. The thing, too, about right. Doctor Strange is that, like, even in all these movies, and less so in the comics, but definitely in the movies, um, he still is a dick. Like, Doctor Strange is, like, he hasn't, like, really <laughs> learned or changed or anything like that. He's still kind of just, like, a rude New York Benedict Cumberbatch guy. <laughs> I I have to shout out the podcast Tighten Up the Defense because whenever they have episodes where they're reading Defenders comics, which is, you know, very much Doctor Strange centered, they always refer to him living in his sanctum sanctimonium, which (laughs) is just wonderful wordplay and very apt. Like, and, and everybody is just constantly complaining about how unpleasant he is and nobody really wants to spend time with him and yet he still sticks around as kind of the central figure of the entire defenders series which continues for so many years yeah see i i had never read a doctor strange comic um i'd only seen the movie so benedict cumberbatch's portrayal was the only reference that i had so reading these I like was kind of looking for like what's the essence of his personality and he's just like that annoying really smart guy that like <laughs> speaks down to people in a demeaning condescending way but you can tell he's like fighting back his impulses to be an asshole the entire time but he thinks yeah. he's better than everyone in the room you know and he was just annoying the entire time I'm reading you know even like because yeah, d- this spanned from the early 90s to like 1999 and they were just all like kind of like the same kind of assholeish character 
Yeah, and, and it's, it's funny because, you know, Marvel kind of, their whole thing was, you know, we're doing Spider-Man, we're having characters that have, like, slightly more personality, maybe, than the DC characters. Like, that was kind of what they came out of the gate doing. And Doctor Strange has always struck me, less in the movies, even though I'm not a big fan of them, but in the comics, he has always struck me as, like, the most kind of boring and personality-less uh, of all the Marvel characters. Yeah, compare mm. him to a John Constantine. From Swamp sure. Thing and you know and Hellblazer. Yeah. Like there's no comparison between the character development, the writing, the setting the tone for the characters that the world exists in. They want Doctor Strange to exist in this, you know, kind of trippy mystical realm, but also the boring Avengers realm and also a yeah. kind of darker horror realm. And they never really like strike a good most in most of these comics. They don't really strike a good balance between them. Mm -hmm. They also have them like and we I didn't pick any of these books, but a lot of the modern comics really lean into like the doctor stuff and his friends <laughs> and and like knowing like regular normal people. And it's just like does not work at all. Yeah. Like like as if he's going to have Lunch. strange choice it's like he's gonna go have lunch with like you know or go like work <laughs> at a hospital or something like that when he has like the powers of like a god you know it's just like it just it's not it just doesn't work i don't know i mean it works for me when jason blood's kind of like that i enjoy mm. I, I but also like that's jack kirby so of course i'm sure. gonna like it more <laughs> yeah. i mean if like for me like you know when, when leslie asked me like what my thoughts were about dr strange comics i said like to me like the best ones have always just been comics with really great art like i literally have a framed issue of doctor strange with art by gene colon like framed on my wall because the art is great yes but when it came to thinking about what stories were good i was like hmm. well <laughs> and, you know the visual storytelling is is there in the sense that like i'm following your journey through time and space where you were perhaps reciting some interesting poetic sounding words but like i'm here for the trippy art and that's yeah. what's most appealing about it but i think when it comes down to like I think you did a really good job in your research in terms of identifying the comics that really build the modern conception of Doctor Str of who Doctor Strange is within the 616. Um, but for me, if you were going to say, Ilana, go read some Doctor Strange comics, I'm, I'm going to jump back to like Gene Colan and Steve Ditko and really ancient stuff and just yeah, make yeah. some trippy art. I would definitely say rec check those out. They are cool. They are trippy. They're very old school, but I wanted to get something a little bit more modern and had mm -hmm. a little bit of tie-in uh, to the film. Uh, really is just the kind of the names of the books, the dark hold and the, and the other stuff. But because the movie doesn't really directly adapt any Dr. Strange story, not that they could because they're not that great. So <laughs> I wanted to start off talking about maybe the better, maybe one of the better ones in, in isolation, Dr. Strange 62. Now this, I only mm -hmm. ask you to read this one issue, but this is the last part of like a 15 part like storyline going through like werewolf by night and thor and avengers and all sorts it's a whole like massive trade paperback i jump you straight towards the end this is the uh story of dr strange eradicating all vampires from earth using the dark yeah this one i actually this one i did actually kind of like i thought this one was kind of cool mm -hmm. and and even like the plot of eradicating all the vampires is, is pretty awesome so it's like mm -hmm. It's basically like Dracula is like breaking into, I don't know, some sort of like Doctor Strange's, I don't know, some sort well, of what fortress. What happens is like, like Dracula has like learned the mystic arts himself. He's been teaching himself magic 
two to like keep up with Doctor Strange, who has been his arch uh, nemesis uh, for decades. And so now he's trying to steal, like he's trying to break into Doctor Strange's sanctum to steal the dark hold, which is also the, and again, this is another problem with Doctor Strange, it is also the one thing that can kill Dracula. So he's trying to like, he's like, he's walking into the, directly into the trap that kills him and all the mm -hmm. vampires on Earth. Now, besides those kind of easy, you know, easy plot uh, devices, it's a pretty fun comic, and I liked seeing the, mm -hmm. the like you can see in this comic. Blade was not nearly as cool in the comics originally Definitely as he was. Sure. Wesley's nice. He is very corny in this, actually. Yes, yeah, is. I will say though that you know, despite Blade being a little cornier, I thought this one worked better because Doctor Strange had a compelling like uh, backup cast. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yes. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. I know I knew yeah. Blade, but I didn't really know this guy who was like the vampire. I can't Hannibal, remember Hannibal King. Yeah, Hannibal King. I was like Hannibal King seems kind of cool, like a vampire who's decided never to drink blood and works and against vampires. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like I was like, I kind of was like, okay, this one's cool because like Doctor Strange has got a nice supporting cast that I think works well. I, I don't know how representative it is in general of other solo Strange comics, but you definitely sort of called together a list that's really centered on the Darkhold book and where Doctor Strange intersects with Dracula and vampire mm -hmm. lore, and I kept seeing. You know, broader Dracula and vampire lore popping up in different places throughout the comics that we were read. And I just, I guess I just hadn't really thought about those two kinds of stories juxtaposed together. Like, if you were said to me, Ilana, when I think of Doctor Strange, I think of Dracula. I would have been like, mm -hmm. really? Really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, that's a theme, I guess. And um, but I didn't, I did enjoy this earliest comic the most. Uh, and you're right, the, the the supporting cast is kind of what kind of what makes it. Yeah, and I also think, to your point, I like just literally using Dracula just as Doctor Strange's nemesis is like fun for me. <laughs> like, again, like I, I don't know that much about Doctor Strange. And so all these comics just being, you know, one of the other ones we read, you know, which we'll talk about in a second was this like sort of long telling of like how Dracula has continued to exist over all these years. And yeah, there was something almost like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen like about it or something to just mm -hmm. straight up be using Dracula. Yeah, well, it's really specific. Actually, Alana and Jack, you both mentioned it. So let's move on to uh, the book of Ashanti, which is a backup story that does retell some of the, ta the tale of the eradication of the vampires. But it also has, and you might not know this, a lot of references to old Marvel comments comics mm -hmm. it retcons a number of things and it also yeah. league of extraordinary gentleman style brings in a couple of vampire a serials that were written around the time uh, after dracula lord ruthven and uh varney the vampire are vampires from other stories they're just not as mm. famous mm -hmm. uh as dracula and this comic kind of and this uh, backup comic kind of brings it all in with some pretty decent art now some of some of the writing is good some of the ideas are good some of it not so great but on the whole i i thought this was an interesting little backup story with some good artistry in it uh this one's by roy thomas rj m Lofficer, uh and david and dan uh they had forgot to mention dr strange 62 that was Roger Stern as writer and Steve Lelola as the artist. I, I like the 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 Vashanti sort of backup because I think Leslie, you had said earlier that like Doctor Strange is sort of like 
Like, when he's, like, kind of the center of the nexus around which other characters and events kind of circle, you know what I mean? Like, other characters that I had never heard of, you know? Like, um, that vampire, like, Varney, I think, that vampire Varney, king, yeah. whatever like that. Yeah, like, all these other characters that I'd never heard of that were kind of, like, their stories were just kind of distilled in these, like, really short, like, couple pages, you know? Like, of what was supposed to be in the Book of Vashanti. Like, I really like that kind of metatextual setup. You know, it was really it was it was interesting for somebody like me that doesn't really know anything about Doctor Strange or that whole vampire uh, aspect of the Marvel Universe. Oh, I was just gonna say this one works well, you know, because it's sort of like this League of Extraordinary Gentlemen like backup piece. But literally, it is just Doctor Strange reading a book. Doctor Strange's involvement in this story is that he's <laughs> the one sitting there and reading the book that we're yeah. reading. Yeah. So I think it's important to think about how these backup stories function within the comic books themselves. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. It was kind of interesting reading the backups, just these backup stories back back to back, which is you know how we were looking at them. Because as I'm reading them, I'm like, oh, this is such an interesting way to synthesize all of this canon and 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 and. Um, Thank you. Sorry. This is such an interesting way to synthesize all these different pieces of canon, including pieces from other vampire stories and retcon it all together. But it really feels like an info dump. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, wait, no, these are backup stories. Right. And the way backup stories work in a lot of comics is to just do the info dump about con about context of things that appear in the story themselves. So I think I would have enjoyed reading them more if I was reading them in tandem with the regular Doctor Strange story, so it was like you know the the, the regular main story pages, and then these at the end of it. I, I right. think I would have probably enjoyed it more that way, but um, so I think like as backup stories, they do function, they do function well. But that would be how I would suggest reading them. I agree, actually. Yeah. You know, it did feel kind of like you know uh, again, like these would be better read in like little short chunks uh, because you know just reading it all in order, it kind of just feels like reading like an encyclopedia yeah, it's or a something slog. like that. You know, like, my it's eyes very dense. My eyes like glazed over a little bit, but then I understood. <laughs> Alana, you made a really good point as you said. Like I understood that. Okay. If I had like been reading this in tandem with the vampiric verses, you mm -hmm. know, which gives all that backstory, then it would have been like, okay, this is a little bit more. But that being said, it was nice to have that exposition in these backup stories instead of within like, you know, the, the vampiric verses, like part five storyline instead, you know, that would have been a little bit too much. Right. And actually in the Vampiric Versus collection we read, there were one or two. I don't think they keep all of them in there, yeah, but there was a book of yeah. Ashanti in there, like kind of as context. And you can kind of see mm -hmm. how how it like, would have worked better sort of in that way. I was going to say, I just my, my one last thought, though, about Doctor Strange 60... Doctor Strange 62 is there are we do get some nice pages of psychedelic artwork that are mm -hmm. worth looking yeah. at. Like, oh yeah. It it does give me a little bit of what I'm actually looking for in there. Um, you know, it might not be at the Gene Colon or like Steve Ditko level, but it was nice. And um, you know, I, yeah, I, I really like it, it it was what I wanted. I, re I really did like the art because I think the first one I read um again was the Vampiric Versus, and I will talk about it in a sec, but I did not like the art of that. Like, I mm -hmm. hated it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, this was a pleasant, not only was it, like, a pleasant, like, kind of, like, tightly wrapped story, but the art was, like, there were some panels that were, like, really, really cool. And uh, one thing I want to mention about the uh, this one, they do bring in tons of stuff from Camelot and Merlin mm -hmm. and Conan the Barbarian. They, in fact, say that, yes. the, uh, that the vampires actually rose at the same time that the oceans drank Atlantis, <laughs> as yeah. we all Yeah, know. they literally used, that's, like, from the book that is from Conan, like, straight up. 
yeah word so it's cool word. yeah it's cool how it all tied together but as uh, i think uh there's a couple of mentions of the uh, early on in that of like the modern day mcu and it just doesn't fit like at all when you go when you see camelot when you see uh older fantasy stuff you they all work together with dracula they work with the horror they work with the mysticism but the modern mcu is just so yeah I, I and then it's like and then we cut to greenwich village uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know i think i think one thing the mcu kind of like it, it seems like it started with iron man where their focus was like I don't know, very like technology, sci-fi, you know what I mean? And then like mm, they went to space yeah. and then they tried to bring in the magical element with Doctor Strange. But and now Scarlet Witch now is apparently like the most powerful person, one of the most powerful characters in the MC, MCU. Oh, she's dead. She's it, dead now, though. She's dead. Oh, she's, she's dead now. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's dead now. They killed her at the end. They killed her at the end. But it's just like the magic element just doesn't really like, I don't know, the MCU, I don't feel like they they're, they do very well at it, you know? Uh, it just Doctor Strange is not a compelling enough character to make me want to care about the magical realm of the MCU. All right. So let's talk about that mix of science and technology. Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment by Roger Stern, Mike Magnolia, you all know him, and Mark Badger. That's right. This was a prestige graphic novel back in the day. Marvel used to take out these really cool, mature-looking ads in the comic books <laughs> just like the cover. And you're like, damn. Am I allowed to buy that book? Like, or is, that, like is that for adults? <laughs> Can and he so write I'm, that? <laughs> yeah, and so I'm finally going back and reading this comic. And now, I, I was almost about to say it's not bad, but it actually is bad. It actually is a bad comic <laughs> book. But it, it wasn't a horrible read. And it wasn't a, poor, a bad time. But it's like comparing it to something like Swamp Thing that was coming out mm. at the same time. There, there's no comparison. It's like just right. not on that same level whatsoever but it is an interesting story because it focuses on dr doom who is actually that's, a character instead yep. of dr yes! strange that's exactly yes, what i felt exactly. like i was like wow like the doctor <laughs> yeah. that's like interesting is in this one that's kind of yeah. cool dr doom who i actually like and not boring just boring ass dr strange is in mm -hmm. this cool yeah this was a dr doom yeah, but, story this wasn't yeah. about dr strange i mean also even like the whole like the what set the whole plot into motion just didn't even need to happen. You know what I mean? Like Doctor Strange didn't have to be at this mm -hmm. at all. All those other sorcerers didn't have to be at it at all. The first part of the comic, which is the contest of champions, was so boring because yeah. we just have no investment on all these random characters they create. And we could have. They just didn't have the space to really do it. Mm. I, I really could not have cared less until the Doctor Doom, which is really the part two storyline picks up. I mean, it's interesting to see Mike Mignola's art sort of develop in this book, where this is in terms of him developing his own unique style. But he, he's still much more house style in this than before. Mm -hmm. and so it's not mm. like super interesting it was very yeah. john romita jr to me and a lot, a lot yeah. of stuff looked like mm. uh, his work more than mike magnolia like that first I, I like i was very into the idea as i always am of any kind of kumite right like you bringing in all the best fighters in the world to prove who's the sorcerer supreme <laughs> that's cool that's cool shit but there's no but they don't have but like that's not what the book is about that's just like the first third so they don't mm. have time to develop the characters and then when it's time for the fight all that happens is they erect a giant crystal in the middle of the room and they say, all right, whoever can break this open is the Sorcerer Supreme. And so they just start firing lasers at it. <laughs> the most yeah. intelligent be human beings yeah. on Earth who know the secrets of the cosmos. All they can think of is firing, firing a laser at a crystal. 
they just saw it bounce back and almost hit no actually hit and petrify or entrance i guess another sorcerer they're just firing beams at it. it just the whole thing just didn't make sense to me because it was like this was just a sort of uh like conceit so that dr doom and Doctor Strange right. could get together so that Doctor Strange could help Doctor Doom like rescue his mother's soul. And I mean, the story even mentions it where Doctor Doom is like, "Why wouldn't you just ask?" Doctor Strange is like, "Why yeah. wouldn't you just ask me?" And he says, "Oh well, because um um you know I'm too proud to ask." And it's yeah, like, "Well, I'll dude, owe like, you something." Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just like, but the whole thing didn't make sense anyway. You know, that men will literally you know cre- <laughs> elect a new sorcerer supreme, then go to therapy. You know, it's toxic masculinity that that caused the first third of this book to be necessary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other problem is, of course, it's situating the story in terms. I love Dr. Doom. There's huge aspects of the Dr. Doom origin story that are super racist when it comes to the <laughs> Romani people. Mm-hmm. And like when they're doing this in 1989, it just feels like you really you didn't do in 1989. You're not doing any research. I guess you're not. <laughs> um, which is like Dr. Doom's mom is a character who has a lot of potential to be awesome. But oh, yeah. like as it is deployed there, like, right, like. I'm yeah. interested in her, but as it does deploy there, there's just so many set pieces that are so stereotypical and you you almost want someone to just redo this piece of it again. Yeah, I mean I thought it was fun and when we and when we end up getting to, you know, the meat of the story, which is like Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom traveling into hell to save Doctor Doom's mom's soul, I'm like, okay, like I'm down. But like, yeah, the whole first third introducing all these different sorcerers who end up like being completely meaningless to the story, it really just felt like like wasted time, like truly just like time filler to make this, you know, a 60 page book instead of a 20 page book. Yeah. And one problem I had with this, when it gets to the second half, there's a lot of fighting. And in all of these comic books, I have not seen one good magic fight between like because they <laughs> mm. they do such a bad job of defining what anybody's like magical powers is his dr strange's powers are whatever they need to be at a spe- mm-hmm. specific time like in yeah. the movie he's next to a piano so now he can make magical musical notes in the air which is not a bad sequence it's kind of fun but still mm. like anytime he needs to do cast a magic spell he can uh do it and it just does it and there's no like you can't get a sense of like any kind of stakes or like is he like any sort of strategy on his part it's just like magic magic we can do this magic we can do that magic and it's just not that engaging as a fight scene and there's too much of it i would i would like more horror elements more like it should have been like Mm. like hellraiser 2 when they go to hell and we see the different versions of hell and like the sequence where Doctor Strange is supposed to be psychologically being tortured by Mephisto, the devil, and all it is is him remembering going to his job. <laughs> that is fucking <laughs> and denying <laughs> people, denying people who went Medicare yeah, to like coverage. get like help. And yes. Shit. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, that's probably the most relatable thing. Like your nightmare is your mundane job. Holy shit. Like, yeah. What if I had to be back at work? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. No, I think like one of the things that the earlier comics of like the, of the Silver Age do well with Dr. Strange is when you see a cosmic magic fight between two different beings and sorcerers, you're looking at two different styles of magic. And Mm. while you might not have really in-depth character development, for some of the other players in it, you do get a real aesthetic sense of this is what this guy's magic looks like and this is what that woman's mm-hmm. magic lo- looks like. And in this, you're already seeing almost the teaser of the Marvel movie style of like, it's a force beam. Yeah. yeah. Another force beam. Yeah. Like, it's whatever. like WandaVision where WandaVision, um, you know, that at the end, the fight with uh, 
I guess the Scarlet Witch and that other witchy character. I mean, they're just like throwing beams at each other, you know? And it's like, dude, yeah. you have the ability to like do, I mean, as you said, Leslie, the powers aren't defined, but you know, you have the ability to like do anything, transmutation. You could turn shit into other shit, you know, like other interesting uses of magic. But instead, it's like, yeah, this is like a preview, Alana, of the MCU stuff, you know? And so moving on to our final uh, collection of the day. The Vampiric Versus, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. This tells the story of the return of the vampires, which happens because, and you know, you hate you hate to see it. You hate to see your ex be <laughs> so hung up on you that she goes off with your vampiric brother that you accidentally turn into a vampire while trying to restore him to life uh, while he was crying cryogenically frozen in your basement for decades as one does <laughs> for your own selfish needs by the way because you need a companion because yeah, you can't you want handle being sorcerer supreme by yourself yeah. you can't had to be oh, a powerful go. magician by yourself you know it's hard to make friends as an adult as they say it's hard to make friends <laughs> so i picked this one because i thought the art was kind of pretty cool and very like 90s and had a very like cool kind of pop art style uh, to it for the most part storyline some of it's okay some is very goofy but on the whole i i found it somewhat enjoyable but again like there were just much better comics and much better horror comics around at this time and i don't really know mm -hmm. what they're trying to do because it's like half like a soap opera right this comic yeah. book which is yeah. pretty a big thing in marvel but it's not a terribly good or engaging one, but you know, I digress. Mm -hmm. The one thing that just I won't forget about this because it had me dying when I saw it was uh, zombie uh, ex Haitian slaves uh, fighting <laughs> yeah. pro mostly probably rich white uh, vampires. Like, that's just something where it was so absurd that I was kind of pissed off for a minute, but I was like, no, nah, this is kind of awesome, you know. It was just very naive, <laughs> silly shit, man. It was absurd. <laughs> Yeah. But like, and like, but like, he totally sacrificed that one of the um one of the formerly enslaved people who like was then a zombie. Like, he totally sacrifices himself to save a random white woman. You know, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think like the thing that this series did well is there's two bits. One is Clea throws Michael Morbius out the window. That was fun, <laughs> and just in general, like this did a lot. This book, I feel like it did a lot to establish Clea as. A potentially interesting character not even actually interesting character but a potentially interesting character sure and that's better from the past because in the older comics clea is like nothing and not interesting at all so i did sort of begin to i did sort of begin to, to be interested in her here and you know in terms of soap opera soap opera is like one of the main things i like for my comics and he, it, it was you're right it just wasn't a particularly well written soap opera um i think it was sort of that they rushed I don't know if it was rushed, but I guess they just, I don't know. Not everybody's Chris Claremont. I guess, I guess that's all yes, I can say. Yes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. For this one, for me, I thought, you know, compared to the other one we read, I was like, this is one where the supporting cast is not working for me. You know, the Michael Morbius mm. and I'm like, please, let's get brother Blade Voodoo. back <laughs> in here. Yeah. Brother Voodoo. I was like, this is one where I'm like, Dr. Strange is boring. And so are all of his friends, you know? Uh, um, yeah, this one it, and, and the art was kind of fun in that 90s way, but also, you know, 
in, in in similarly in the 90s way felt kind of like rushed like maybe somebody yes. had to get out like six or seven pages a day or something like that um and yeah this one I, the soap opera stuff didn't like super work for me and you know i i found i found the other one a lot more fun because i guess the most interesting thing that they can do with the mcu characters in the movies is that there's always that one movie where the character um does something in order to reverse something ends up making a horrible mistake mm -hmm. that has ramifications, you know, um, like the Spider-Man, the latest Spider-Man movie, you know, and in this yes. one, it's like him trying to bring back his brother using a spell that counteracted with the, um, Mon the Montesi formula, which eradicated vampires, brought his brother, brother back. And I don't know, I kind of like that, but also too, I can see like how that would become formulaic, you know, in order to invite some kind of um, just some kind of progression or conflict within the characters instead of like, I don't know, making it about, I don't know, something else. Also like filling out a supporting cast that would make the character more compelling, you know? With this story and basically every Doctor Strange story, I always feel like he's just reacting to problems that people are bringing him. I like. I feel like if there was nothing else going on, like he would just sit in his house and do nothing. He never seems to actually be a protagonist of any real uh, mm. definition. Great like an actual doctor. Like people pay house. He pays like a house calls onto people and stuff like that. You know, he's he's there to just respond, kind of. Yeah, he, I, even shit like up. you know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy goes out on patrol and tries to find trouble. You know, like Doctor <laughs> Strange is just always waiting for it to find him. <laughs> I think that's why he's more interesting in other people's comics, right? Like when he shows up in some, in a, yes. in a, you know, when when Spider Man or Daredevil goes to him to get help, that can be fun. I think I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, because that's like we're in a comic of a character that's actually interesting, and they have to deal with a magic yeah. thing that they don't understand. You know what I mean? Like again, yeah. like Doctor Strange functions best uh, basically in the Book of Ashanti, where like he's a guy that reads a book, he's and then Dr. we hear Fate. about actually interesting <laughs> things happening. Yeah. He's basically like Doctor Fate. Just have him chilling in that tower. That's you know, true. And yeah. like only go, have go him pop up when people yeah. need him. You know. Yeah, he's just like he probably works well. I haven't read a lot of Defenders, but he probably does work well in Defenders. And I can see him working nicely in a team book. You know, where you don't really have to do much as much characterization of him. Can we talk about the fact that this is called the Vampiric Verses, and like what they're? I guess they're trying to draw some comparison with like the Satanic versus yeah, with, yeah, yeah. yes know, with uh, yeah. Salman Rushdie I assume it's, it just was it sounded good at the time and I think it does it is a very good uh name for a, a comic book collection it sounds cool um but I it like there's only one vampire in it and then he puts on like a goofy comic and call a, a costume and calls himself brother blood uh yeah. for most of it it's, it's like I if this is not a horror comic in, in a lot of ways, kind of strangely enough, like mm. it's just kind of not a horror comic and it could be. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I'll say too is that like, I don't know how much I buy Dr. Strange being the one to eradicate all vampires. Like, I mean, I thought Blade was there as a thing, you know, I don't know. I feel like there were other characters mm. maybe in the Marvel universe that would be tasked with like, Specifically, Van Helsing. I know Marvel has a Van Helsing character. Maybe his daughter, Rachel Van Helsing. Yeah, Bl Elsa, Elsa Bloodstone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dracula actually turned her into a vampire and killed and killed her. Actually, the question actually should be: Why would you eradicate 
all the vampires in your comic from your comic book world. What would be the <laughs> what would be the point of that? You're never going to bring them back. You're never going to have another vampire. The only vampire you want is Michael Morbius, who we learned in the vampiric verses was a human and in prison while most of this was, <laughs> while all of this was happening. So they didn't do shit with him. Uh, they, like he spent jail time for being. Uh, time in jail for being like a living vampire but he was cured for the most part so why would you as a comic book company say no more vampires it's one of those things that marvel just does sometimes that i could never understand why how does that make any sense like just don't use the vampires if you don't want them in the comics (laughs) leave them alone then man yeah they're persecuted people just leave them alone (laughs) they're just like we're canceling tomb of dracula so let's kill every vampire that exists (laughs) yeah yeah i mean what's moon knight gonna do then i just that's wrong (laughs) dr strange is not an interesting enough character i mean there are stories though i do want to go back and read that are good but i just think like it's not an interesting enough character to to like um kind of power his own story you know yeah, I would recommend people check out the original Midnight Suns run with uh, the yeah. Morbius, uh, yeah. Spirits of Vengeance, mm-hmm. and Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider was already around at the time. And those are some, uh, some Darkhold, especially the Darkhold comic book, actual horror comic with these little horror stories in it. Mm-hmm. Very fun stuff, worth checking out. Doctor Strange pops up in there, but he just pops up. It's nice and it's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then he goes away. But but the, the problem with those comics is, and Marvel always does this, is like they establish this great, you know, dark universe with these new comics with vampires and ghosts and demons, whatever. Very next issue, Spider-Man's going to show up. And then the <laughs> X-Men. And then it's like, they just can't help themselves, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I, I, I mean, I don't mind seeing like little cameos, right? But like when you have like just because you know that Spider-Man or Captain America, Thor, your biggest characters doesn't mean they need to show up like in stories with vampires, right? And zombies. That was Doctor Strange. Aaron, Alana, thank you so much for joining us once again. Tell people where they can find you. So um, I have my own podcast, Graphic Policy Radio, and Leslie has been a wonderful guest on the show before, and I should absolutely get some of the other folks on this panel on. Like, let's make that happen. Yeah. Uh, Graphic Policy Radio, where we cover comics and comics-adjacent media. I also have a Deep Space Nine podcast called Deep Space Dive. Thank you. I I love Deep Space Nine. I'll be listening to that. I'll check it out. Oh, let's DM. I'm always interested in recruiting other guests for this. Um, Oh, yeah. And uh, and I'm on Twitter a little bit too much at E-L-A-N-A underscore Brooklyn. Uh, and people can find me at the Trillbillies, Trillbilly Workers Party. Um, also, Everybody Loves Communism with uh, co-hosts with uh, my comrades Jamie Peck and uh, Jorge. And also Struggle Session. You guys can find me here talking about comics. And uh, I'm on like my, my seventh account now, man. Like this is this is it <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, if you look, I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm I'm also very persecuted, like vampires. Um, but people can find me. People, people can find me at a Borg posting um, on Twitter. So uh, thanks so much, guys, for bringing me back. <laughs> but just like Dracula, you keep coming back. Keep coming back. <laughs> there you go, folks. That was struggle session. Have a good one. Okay. Bye. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? 
Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.